0: Hi there, and welcome back to Mugful Mimosas, the podcast where we're always ready to spill the tea, but not our drink, honey, because I don't have to tell you about this economy. Not in a time where a box of cereal costs $9, because that's telling you everything you need to know. Can you tell I went <laughs> grocery shopping this weekend and I'm a little bitter about it? Yeah. Well, that's where we are. Today, we're going to talk solo, and we're talking a little bit about bravery, what it looks like in different aspects of my modern life, and how sometimes the only person that I have to convince that I'm brave is myself. (laughs) Even though I might seem like one brave bitch, the secret is I'm actually terrified of everything in every moment, but I hide it so that I come off cool, calm, and collected. Most times. I can't make any promises if you bring reptiles around me. All my bravery goes out the window the immediate moment I catch a sight of a slither. So gross. Anyway, today we're going to talk about some specific moments where I needed to put on my big girl panties and tackle those things I was most afraid of and the tools or strategies that I used to take them down. But first we have to start at the top. By that I mean the birthplace of intrusive thoughts. The old fake it till you make it mentality. Now fake it till you make it That was going to be the whole first bullet of this whole episode. This whole episode about bravery. My whole first point was going to be literally fake it till you make it. And then I realized, well, I want to make sure that this is uh that what I say is grounded in some sort of reality, some sort of research, some sort of evidence based, data based, uh, something. So I did some research. I started reading up on fake it till you make it. What about it? You know, the mentality, where did it come from? The origins. And in doing this research, I realized that fake it till you make it is, uh, where all my anxiety stems from. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the consensus right now is that the whole fake it till you make it mentality is the, the grandfather Uh, if you want to call it that, of imposter syndrome. And I'm like, uh, zing dong, because I definitely have that. I definitely have imposter syndrome. That is me. Uh, Check that box. So in reading more about, you know, faking it till you make it, while while it might like come off as confident, it internalizes this thought and this feeling inside of you that it's fake, that it's not real, that no matter how far you get, no matter how much you accomplish, no matter, you know, what you do at the end of the day, it's still fake and it can still be taken away or they're actually not really your accomplishments. And so what what do you do, right? When you grew up this way in this fake it till you make it mentality. And like, that's kind of how, you know, to move forward in your life. But you want to change that. You don't want to internalize that. I can't, I'm not good enough. You know, I, this, this room is not for me. I don't deserve a seat at this table. I don't deserve period, full stop. Cause that's something that we should, we should challenge when it comes to our thoughts. We do deserve Especially if we've been doing the work. Yeah, so how do we not throw away all the things that we know and do, but how do we fake it till we make it but reframe it, right? So I, I think the, the, there was this really amazing article that I read on Shondaland.com and Vivian Manning Schaeffel is the name of this person. And their article was amazing. It was the one that really resonated the most with me. Uh, But the things that this person said about literally the, I just want to read a line from their article is, here's how to keep pushing forward for real when it feels like faking it may be the only way to win. And I think that's something that uh, really resonated with me about that article is this feeling of faking it feels like it's my only option forward. It's my only way out. Maybe it's because of my gender. Maybe, you know, like I need to fake it till I make it to be able to sit at the table with the rest of the guys. Or maybe it's because of my race, you know? Like I need to fake it till I make it because I need to be able to get a seat at the table with the the white cis males, you know, that can be average and mediocre and sometimes not even that great and still get bigged up always uh, for anything that they do. So the first thing that uh, Vivian, this person who wrote this article, said is don't expect too much from yourself from the start. And I was just like, wait, what? So like lower your standards. And then I realized that This person is talking about how you speak about yourself. She's literally saying, just be kind to yourself. Speak kindly to and about yourself, which is a mantra that I live by, die by. Like I literally made a whole episode of this podcast about uh, talking to yourself nicely. So that's the one thing. And it's just like, when you tell yourself, oh, you're going to fake it till you make it, you're saying the words right then and there fake you're telling yourself and you're internalizing that you're fake so really changing that narrative and if there's uh you know something that you don't get on the first try it's okay like you know there is very few people who get things on the first try anyway so that that was one thing is speaking to yourself nicely and really then the next thing is shifting that narrative In the article, uh, there was um, this social psychologist study that was referenced, Amy Cuddy, and she said something that really like flipped me on my head, which is fake it till you believe it. So not fake it till you make it, fake it till you believe it because you start shifting that narrative in your brain. You start changing the way that you think you start, if you tell yourself that you don't know, you're going to start believing that. And if you tell yourself that you do know, you're going to start believing that too, because you're going to start moving and taking action towards that. If you tell yourself, I don't know that, then that's it. Full stop. That you take no more action. That's the end of that story. If you say, I, I believe that I do know that, then you come to some realizations, oh, okay, so then I'm missing some knowledge. All right, so then there's some action steps for me. I need to move forward, I need to go do this, I need to go do that. So that's like where that really starts to come from. So that that thought of not fake it till you make it, but fake it till you believe it really did like <laughs> have me on stuck on stupid for a little while like oh snap she said some crazy stuff that I'm really into and I want to incorporate into my life the other piece is the article that I really found uh really interesting uh was this thought of instead of faking it try winging it Uh, Because when somebody wings it, they use their abilities to assess the situation and then pivot as needed versus in fake it, which is like saying that you have expertise that you don't have. Winging it just means I have expertise. It might not necessarily be in this area, uh, but I can use my expertise in that area to wing a potential win here. So that was another thing from the article that I was just like, oh man, this article is amazing. I'll I'll link this article in the description so that you can also read it for yourself. Uh, And then there was this thought about separating your thoughts from your feelings. That's something that, that's when I realized that I have hit a different like level or 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 like a new challenge in terms of me, you know, mastering my feelings. When I start asking questions about, well, why am I feeling this way? Well, why do I think that? And why do I th-? that's when I know, okay, that there we go. Like when I start intellectualizing, I guess, like my feelings, I can then kind of step outside of them and realize, is that a rational thought? Is that just coming from a place of emotion? Like when I look at it stripped down, just facts is, is there, does it still evoke any emotion? No, this was just my like thoughts and projections and assumptions and, you know, perceptions that I was putting onto it. Okay, great. So that part has also been really transformative in, in helping me shift that narrative. The final bullet that the the author hit is Avoiding Compare and Despair. And this is something that I've actually, you know, really been struggling with um, over the past couple of years and, and that I've really started to like notice it and challenge it. And it's this idea, this thought that comparison is the thief of joy. And as someone who's been trying to grow in social media and in this like public persona, putting myself out there, I just really have to remind myself a lot of times that comparison is the thief of joy and, you know, not to to, to bog myself down uh, when it comes to, you know, wishing that I could do things that other people are doing because the fact of the matter is is that everybody feels away at some point. Everybody feels not good enough at some point. Everybody feels like they don't belong at some point. Everybody feels like they're the odd man out at some point. Everybody feels that way, even the most confident of confident people. So just really leaning into that thought when I'm in those moments uh, that you know, everybody goes through stuff and that I'm not alone. And that regardless of what anyone says, including myself, that doesn't take away from the fact that I've worked hard to get to the point that I'm at. There's very little chance that I sat on my ass and did nothing and received a massive abundance. Like chances are that I had some work that I did to get to some whatever level of success that I'm at. So acknowledging that and not throwing away the hard work and and chalking it up to chance or luck or or anything like that. Acknowledging that. But when it comes to compare and despair, what I really wish that I could do. This comparison is a thief of joy. What I wish I could do is the relationship that I have with social media. I wish I could do with that what I did with the relationship that I have with my body. And follow me if that was a confusing sentence, sorry. But I have really changed my relationship with my body and what I wear and how I present and how I show myself. And for me, this has been a really uh, big part of how I'm changing the game and how I'm changing how I show up in terms of bravery being more brave because I was having a conversation with a friend recently and I said to this person you know oh I I had always said to myself you know I thought that the only time I could ever wear a bikini was when I was pregnant. And I always said to everyone, the minute that I find out that I'm pregnant, I'm going to put on that bikini and I'm not going to take off the bikini until I have the baby because that is the only time when it's acceptable for a woman of my size to be in a bikini. So I I cannot wait. And I want to tell you that I just came back from my anniversary vacation and I only wore two piece bathing suits. Like I actually got sunburned on my belly for the first time because I I just normally like don't, don't tan my belly. And it was something that was really, really just like shocking for me, for me to see myself. Like whenever I I see myself and I post pictures in two piece bathing suits or something a little revealing, you know, or, or just when I see myself in the mirror and I acknowledge myself loving my body or acknowledge myself liking what I see, it's kind of like I leave my body. Like I have an out of body experience because I always want to ask myself, who is that? Like who? who are you talking like that's you that's you now like this is how you think about yourself this is how you feel about yourself but I realized and then I started thinking about it I was just like how did I get here how did how did my mentality get here when it came to how I feel about my body because it was not that long ago where i thought that i was the most disgusting person like you know like don't even look at me you know everything needed to be sucked in like i was going to live my best life as soon as i lost x amount of pounds and it's just very astounding to me that i that i feel the way i feel now and i'm just like well how did i do that how can i apply that to other areas of my life and i realized It was faking it till I believe it. I looked in the mirror and I would say things until I believed them. But I made sure that I would say things that w- that were close to reality, right? Like I've always had strong legs. I have talked about that. You know, I've, I've always thought that I've looked very beautiful, that I've had a beautiful face. So I talked about that, you know, that, you know, my feet were, you know, very narrow. So, you know, I could get away with regular size shoes. I didn't need wide shoes. I would find all of these things that were, you know, Just real things that I, I was retraining my brain. I was retraining my brain, finding things that I did love and appreciate about myself because they existed, they were there. And so that's what I'm actually working on right now is changing, is trying to figure out how to start retraining my brain and start changing this, this thought uh, in terms of like how I show up uh, in social media and socials out there in the world and what people see of me and and this external validation, like working on removing the need for the external validation, but again struggling right because as somebody who's a content creator who's you know trying to go this route, putting myself out there, I am the product right, like I am. I am what people are going to want to consume if that's interesting to them. So it's this new era of you know healing that I'm doing where I make things as challenging for myself as possible <laughs> so that I can still make sure that I am an overachiever because at my heart, I want to make sure that I am the best. And speaking of I am the best, I think that also touches on I guess this last piece that I was thinking about when it comes to to bravery and and how it's it's manifested itself in in my life for the positive uh and it's this topic of advocating for yourself and this could mean advocating in a different a uh, level of arenas it could mean advocating for yourself at work it could mean advocating for yourself in your relationships it could mean advocating for yourself and your friendships. Shit. It could mean advocating for yourself at the bodega when they get your sandwich wrong or at Starbucks when they freaking mess up your order as they always do. Anyway, sorry, that's just me being bitter. Uh, but advocating for yourself is actually a form of bravery. I realized recently that not wanting conflict, being conflict averse, wanting to make sure that the peace is kept, that everybody's chilling, everybody's copacetic is a way of minimizing yourself and, you know, shrinking into yourself, not taking up the space, not being brave. So that's something that I've really shifted and I've never been somebody who's scared to advocate for myself, but there's been, I guess, like a renaissance (laughs) over the past couple of years with therapy um, on advocating for myself kindly. You know, I don't have to take people down as I'm, you know, bringing myself up. I don't have to step on others as I'm climbing the ladder. Uh, So when you are advocating for yourself, making sure that, you know, the goal is like, are you going to enjoy this experience? Like if you have to come out of yourself and, you know, like be rude, nasty, which is not normally how you are in order to quote unquote advocate for yourself. Like, did you advocate for yourself in that moment? Or like, did you actually just like stir up your own emotions for something that in the long run, in the grand scheme of things might actually not even be that deep. I think the other piece uh, that I would advocate for advocating for yourself is specifically in my, uh, in my relationship with my husband. For a long time, I would rather just kind of like, quote unquote, suffer in silence so that, you know, like for the, for the grand good of all people. And, you know, after some therapy and doing some soul searching for myself and just like learning about advocating for myself and, how much success I've had advocating for myself in other arenas, I started to also kind of like advocate for myself in, in my relationship with my husband. And that does not mean like, I want you to pick the restaurant. No, that's not what that means. It means just like, saying what I'm actually thinking instead of just writing a new narrative or story in my brain without including my husband in on the, the, the background. Right. So not just going along with whatever story I'm telling myself, but saying like, Hey, I, I felt this way because like here was my interpretation. Like, is that right? That's advocating for yourself. Like Talking openly and honestly with, you know, the, the people that we know will judge us the least, we're always scared of them judging us the most. So we keep the most things from them. Like those are the people that we're sometimes most scared to be vulnerable with. So, you know, advocating for yourself, particularly like in relationships like that, just you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to suffer at all. Just talk to your partner tell them how you feel. And like I've said, I feel like I've said it here before. Like if that person is right for you, then they're going to help you work through this, you know, they're going to, they're going to glean something. You're going to glean something and your relationship is going to get better or you're going to realize, oh, this person might not like, might not be the wave for me right now, you know? In terms of work, when it comes to advocating for yourself, this is an arena that I know can be really challenging for a lot of folks. So I think the first way to combat this, I talked about this in another episode of the pod, but just having a brain dump and getting out of your brain all the things that you have already accomplished. When in doubt, write it out, right? So write down a list of what are the the. The things that you have accomplished, the goals that you have met or superseded, that really helps you kind of bring it all into perspective and it helps you potentially bring little talking points or bullet points to whatever this conversation is where you are advocating for yourself. You want to make sure that when you're talking, you're not winging it. I know we talked about winging it earlier, but... It's easier for you. You come across more confident when you have facts and when you feel like you know what you're talking about. So make sure that you are prepared before you go into any conversations where you are advocating for yourself at work. And with that, we've reached the end of our episode. And if you're like me and want the headline TLDR, here it is. Fake it till you believe it. And when in doubt, write it out. Listen, you know I'm obsessed with a rhyme and alliteration. If it sounds good, I want to hear it. Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's Mugful of Mimosas with Liz. And if you can, please leave me a five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. And follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Liz NYC if you want some positivity with a side of sass in your life. See you next week and make sure your cup stays full. Bye.